welcome back to another scrumptious episode of Legally Judgy. I'm Alexa. And I'm Nicole. Why are you laughing? Why did you call our episode scrumptious? Because we're scrumptious and so are Naturally. so is our show, we are obviously. A snack. Please tell me you had a scrumptious week. We are snacks. Um, snacks. I did have a scrumptious week. So this week we obviously or re- very recently we did our photo shoot we did um which was really actually difficult i feel like i'm not meant to just smile and be posing on cue for hours at a time i feel like my favorite thing about that photo shoot you were like really smizing you were like america's next top model with it i practiced in the mirror for quite a bit did before. you i was thinking of tyra i was like smize smize <laughs> and then pose um no it was hard it was really hard I feel like I there was a point in my life where I thought that I wanted to be a model and an influencer and do all those things but I actually hated it Uh first of all I like to eat Mm -hmm. your man's likes a good meal okay second of all I just it just I it was awkward having people like walk by and stare and I think that more than anything over your shoulder three times and flipping your hair it's just not my life well bless our photographer's heart she had us walking in the middle of the street to get shots (laughs) and I hate any sort of cross walking like my wife will be like we got to cross the street and I'm like great the signal light's a mile away we're gonna walk to that signal light wow she'll just jaywalk (laughs) so that entire time you can imagine I had so much you were a anxiety. Stressed out. I was very stressed you were a out. Stressed out, yeah. but I can't wait for us to be done going through the final pictures. We'll obviously show all you guys. But America's Next Top Model season twenty fifty. Long what, story short, we are best behind the microphone. Yeah, <laughs> and we have we have podcast faces. <laughs> yeah. We're good here. Exactly. What's going on with you? Um, nothing much. You know, still still in quarantine. But uh, I think the, the the highlight of my week was actually talking to my mom. Okay, um, that's beautiful. Yeah, I love my mom. Hi, mommy. She's very supportive of this podcast, but actually she doesn't realize it's a podcast. She calls it my blog. So I think that's hilarious, right? And so... Does she know that we're speaking and not writing? um, I don't know that she knows what the difference between a podcast and a blog is. I think she just thinks like... Oh, it's on my phone. Okay. She, I'm surprised. It's like an app to her. Like we just, we're on her we're phone, which was actually funny. I've never told you, but you know how we, when we did our first intro episode and we uploaded it to Google drive Yeah. and then we shared that with a couple people. Yeah, yeah. So I had shared it with my parents Okay. and they loved it. Right. They were singing support of it. So I tell them, okay, mom, dad, I'm, we're on Apple podcasts, right? They both have iPhones and they go, okay, got it. We're going to start listening. I check in with them a couple weeks later. My mom calls me. She's like, um, sweetie, I, I can't find your videos. You sent me the link in my Gmail and I can't access your podcast. And I was like, mom, it's in the Apple podcast app. Remember I, I showed you it's the purple one. And she's like, no, Miha, it's the Gmail. That's the link you sent me. I'm like, mom, no, no. The, it's just one. The Google Drive, that was just the one episode <laughs> right. before we published it to the world. We're, we're on the platform now. So I end up FaceTiming her. And you know, you love old people. The FaceTime is always like, like super zoomed in. Yeah. yeah, it was like my mom's left nostril. <laughs> She's like, I'm, sweetie, where's the podcast? Yeah. And then my dad comes in. It's like his forehead. Mm-hmm. He's like, mm-hmm. hey, Miha, let me, let me help your mom. And it took like an hour, basically. But when they finally saw Whoa. a cover art on a podcast, they were so happy. Well, they're dialed in now. Sometimes you just have to like, you know, put the training wheels on. Now she's listening. She's, she's out of order. She was like, I just listened to El Chapo. I'm like, great, fantastic. Then she's like, I just listened to Girardi Family Values. I'm like, for a second episode. <laughs> I don't know what's going on it's over on there. Shuffle. <laughs> you shuffle podcasts? I don't know. I'm watch tomorrow. She may have figured it out. She's like, sweetie, I love your blog on your G chat. Like, what, mom? What are you talking about? <laughs> I love it. Well, <sighs> people who don't need blogs or podcasts. Yeah. Anybody who's had any uh, connection to the internet lately, I'm sure, has Truly. seen what has been going on with Lil Nas X yep. and Nike and Mischief. And there's just so much to unpack here. You want to bring it in? Tell All us things. who is Lil Nas, who I guess I was... Uh, pronouncing incorrectly this entire time too there was a couple days ahead of, there were a couple days ahead of this where we were preparing for the episode and alexa was like so what do you think about little nas and i'm like who the fuck is little nas <laughs> and i'm like bro have you ever heard of nas he's like a famous fucking rapper and i really was like how long is it gonna take until she figures this out and i just couldn't hold my tongue anymore look this guy is like 14 years old i'm like 80 what years does it have to do with the I'm not hip on it. You don't know who Nas is? I knew Nas, yeah, but not Lil Nas. I didn't know it was an homage to him until I started reading You're about him. You're stressing me out. We're just going to move on. So talk about Lil Nas X. <laughs> 
So Lil Nas X was born um, in 1989. He so young. His I know he's truly a child. <laughs> um, his real name is Montero Lamar Hill. That's cute. And so from what I understand, he grew up in a super religious home in Georgia, and I think kind of felt constrained creatively, artistically, sexually, etc. Um, and so you know he's kind of taught from a young age that it's not okay to be gay, which comes in later. Um, but before he gets big and becomes Lil Nas X, he basically spends a lot of time online kind of building an internet personality. And so I think, or allegedly it hasn't been confirmed and he's kind of denied it. People think that he started this really big fan account for Nicki, Mar- Mickey, Nicki Minaj. Oh my God. Now I'm saying the Instagram account. Yeah. Like like Mar- that's what it was called. The Twitter is Nicki Mirage, but it's for Nicki Minaj. There we go. And so while he's running this account, I think people kind of speculated about who was behind it and what their intentions were and what kind of person they were and so during this time he you know he continues to deny that he's gay quite a bit but is just like the face you know behind the tweets at least he's got some strong twitter fingers of this account right and then he eventually makes it as a rapper and a songwriter with his country rap song which is awesome old town road blew up on tiktok in 2019 Mm -hmm. and he just kills the charts with it Mm -hmm. uh 19 weeks as number one song on billboard hot 100 First time for this to happen since the original song, which he sampled from, debuted in 1958. Crazy. Um, And then it also debuts on the Hot Country Songs chart at number 19, which I'm sure is especially huge for a black artist in in country, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, But Billboard actually later removed it, saying that didn't have enough country elements to participate. Some people speculate that's because of racism and, you know, black people, blackness in country music. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I do think that he kind of created a lane um, because there was that black, I can't remember her name, she's this black artist who, she's a female, um, she sung at the Grammys, but she does country music, and so mm. since, I guess, Little Nas X, it seems like she's been able to f- kind of find more of a lane for herself, mm. and I mean, I said she was, you know, she sang on the Grammys, so, like, that's obviously big, and she got nominated for some stuff, so I definitely think he, you know, broke some ground and paved the way, kind of in right. that respect. Um, but then I think, you know, later they kind of featured his song on smaller charts, um, claiming that they were testing it on the country markets, um, thinking, and, and they kind of said that it would be negligent not to look into it. And I, we think, I mean, yeah. we think, every, we think everything's about money, but we think this was also about money. Yeah. I think they saw how big it was. For sure. And then they regretted their decision to take him off the, mm-hmm. the charts. And then we're like, oh, never mind. Yeah. yeah Maybe yeah. we'll give this guy a chance. Like, they throw like you just want money. Right. Well, so then... To make it even bigger than it already was, basically in April of 2019, he ends up doing a remix of Old Town Road with Billy Ray Cyrus. Um, and so in that same month, Lil Nas X breaks Drake's records for the most U.S. streams in one week with Amazing. 143 million streams Crazy. for that song just in a week. That's and insane. so it now has over 1.1 billion plays on Spotify alone. That's crazy. Imagine. Maybe this that episode song will was do so annoying. It literally... <laughs> Listen, I love him. I think that it's great that he's broken all these barriers. But after, like, the first week, I was like, who the fuck is, like, listening yeah. to this? What is this? And I became very clear that it was a lot of children mm-hmm. who really loved, like, doing the dance. Redundant. And the TikToks right? and all the things. Yeah. But not we're old. We're too old song. for this. We're too old it. for this, okay? Mm-hmm. Not my cup of tea either. You know? And I don't really... I'm not a country listener, mm-hmm. I have to say. Mm-hmm. I like the hip-hop. When he gets those beats in there, I'm like, okay. Right. But I had never heard of this guy, really. Yeah. Before this. And then him... But, hey, to each their own. I think it's amazing what he's doing. Yeah, and, for and sure. And combining so many genres into one. Um, good for him. And I think it's worth noting. So, I definitely was like, why the fuck is Billy Ray Cyrus on this <laughs> song with him? Because he's, as most people know, Miley Cyrus's dad. And I'm like, this all feels very random. Like, where did he come from? But apparently when they didn't let Lil Nas on the country list, um, he had at some point tweeted out just randomly that he wanted Billy Ray on the song. And so Billy decided that as a way to support Lil Nas X and hopefully get him on some of those country lists that he would do the, like the feature slash remix. Right. So I thought that was kind of cool, but again, I think it helped him. Honestly, right. I think it, it helped him gain some legitimacy and it sucks that he needed that, but yeah. you have Billy Ray signing on. Mm-hmm. You can't help but be like, okay, let's give this guy a chance. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it was, he was doing it on his own, but this didn't hurt. Um, and then he wins a bunch of awards for the song, Grammys, MTV Awards, and he's the first LGBTQ person to be nominated and win in a lot of instances. Namely, the big ones, I think, are the CMAs, Country Music Awards, and the BET Awards. Um, again, country, rap, hip-hop, they have their own kind of history. 
but things that I think of homophobia. Mm. So I think that's huge as we'll get into shortly, but I think it's amazing. He's groundbreaking, um, regardless of what your thoughts are on his songs. <laughs> right. I mean, he kind of crosses some genres, right? Because he ends up releasing a, ch- a children's book called See Us for Country. I have no idea what it's about. Um, would be very curious to know like, what the content is for that book, but I thought it was at least kind of cool that, I mean, I, I'm very pro-education, so if you turn Miss your teacher. old town road into like a literacy moment, then by mm-hmm. all means, boo, go for we it. We should go to Barnes & Noble after and pick up a copy <laughs> of Seas for Country. We'll get our hot chocolate and some snacks. Yeah, I want to learn about the country. In the aisles. <laughs> <laughs> On top of breaking boundaries, I think, and winning some of these awards, especially given, you know, what you kind of noted about, I think, things being associated with country and rap and hip-hop being a bit homophobic in some ways. He ends up coming out in 2019 via this song called Closure, um, which I, I, you know, hadn't, I didn't hear the song a ton. I definitely listened to mm-hmm. it. I don't remember being it being, like, huge in the radio or anything, but I thought it was really courageous for him to come out in that way, especially given that um, the communities that he's really a part of and is trying to get into musically are not the most accepting mm-hmm. of people being gay or just queer generally. Yeah, I think being a queer black man is next level queerness. That's that's something else, and I think it's amazing that he's doing that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and super, very unrelated to any of his music skills. I really appreciate his grade A trolling. <laughs> um, I have been following him on Twitter for some time. I feel like, in my mind, Lil Nas X is playing chess, and everybody else is playing checkers. And I think so that's he's right. thinking about like the long term and the messages that he's trying to get out, but he's also truly trolling people the entire fucking way. Right. And so you just can't, like, I think people will try to tweet at him and come at him for how he handles things and how he dresses, but, like, he grew up on this. Right. He grew up on Twitter. He grew up on Instagram, especially doing, like, the Nicki Minaj stuff. So, like, he's got the clips. He's going to get you. You stand no chance. Just get out the fucking way. what you're saying. Get out of the way. Right. And this leads us to his ultimate kind of yeah. fuck you, yeah. I think. Uh, he drops the music video for Montero, Call Me By Your Name. Mm-hmm. And... It's a song, man. Um, so generally, the song's about the frustration of being closeted, the pain of loving someone who's still in the closet, sex, and jealousy of straight people who don't have to face bigotry mm-hmm. for loving the opposite sex. Right. Um, and this video, this visuals, music video is crazy. So it's intense. So we'll, we'll get into it a little bit. It's, it's relevant here. So basically, music video shows him dressed as a fallen angel, mm-hmm. and it culminates with him turning into a demon and he rides a stripper pole down into hell and he gives a lap dance to a cgi devil kills him steals the horns and takes them for himself so this is creating a lot of splashes right now um just a little bit of conversation just, around this. just a little bit i think a lot of people i'm like scratching myself right now <laughs> stressed out. Uh, it shows a for him, I think he's expressing sexual self-acceptance. And it's just a very queer video in general. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's dressed up in drag at some points. He's pretty sexual as he's, he's sliding down a stripper pole into hell. Um, I mean, I think there's so much here. I think, like, there is some really uh, kind of interesting historical elements. And so on the dorkier side of things, I was reading a couple articles and apparently... And I mean, as I kind of saw after I read these articles, it's packed with a lot of like Greco-Roman and medieval Christian motifs and motifs and messages mm-hmm. um, from like Greek and Latin history. And so it seemed to me that he's trying to draw this connection between like ancient and modern day persecution by mm-hmm. kind of having all of these messages in there. Mm-hmm. And so I really appreciated at least that, you know, a number of scholars kind of said that it was clearly really well researched. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a really strong attention to detail that even includes like the Garden of Eden and he's got the Colosseum, yes. and he's got this descent into hell in an interesting way. And so I think besides just like the shock and awe of it all, I appreciated the historical kind of well-researched side of this, of, of the video. He did his homework, basically. Yeah. And on top of that, it's an homage to Call Me By Your Name, the movie. Great movie. Uh, which is an amazing movie. Yeah. It's really good. <laughs> it um, I actually saw that movie in a theater full of like it was like, like a gay man event in in where, <laughs> so it makes sense you were there it was <laughs> i went with like some of my friends who were gay guys and okay. i was like yeah like i'm down i didn't know anything about this i movie. wasn't sure if that's what you spend your free time doing just no i mean man events, i events. would compare it to seeing like i don't know like a black panther and like a like a theater full of black people just yeah. like the reactions were so on point it was like yeah. yes girl tell me like tell him about it and i was like okay i'm <laughs> so here for this thank you that's an exciting way to watch it Loved i it. watched it on the couch with my wife Loved which it. is great but i'm sure Close. i'm sure probably similar reactions yeah we both were like oh my god <laughs> the peach <laughs> oh my gosh um 
Okay, so ultimately this video is popping for better or for worse. I think we're now at approximately 75 million views on YouTube. Yeah. It's, it's trending for better or for worse. And there's plenty of people who are up in arms about it, saying that he's worshiping the devil. Parents are saying it's inappropriate for their children, given that he got famous kind of catering to kids with Old Town Road. And listen, I think there's something there. I mean, he definitely, the wave to his success definitely came via Old Town Road, right? Because I think so many kids were doing the TikTok trends like we talked about. And I even believe at one point he was like going to schools and performing. He was. Which is how he was kind of getting um, this wave of attention and popularity. But I mean, in complete fairness to him, Old Town Road is also not super pure. Mm-hmm. If you listen and like even read the lyrics, he basically is, he's talking about drinking lean yeah. and cheating on his spouse. So right. I, or cheating on somebody. So I don't think that like, <laughs> that's not preaching like go to, like stay in school and don't the do six drugs year olds, kids. Yeah, the six year olds <laughs> singing to this, like drinking lean. Like, no, it's not good. But it's that was like our childhood too, though, listening to all this stuff. Genie in a Bottle, when I learned what that was about, very different yeah. than what I thought it was. But there's some good news, right? I mean, his dad was super sweet, and I think he said he's really proud of him and basically told him to live on his own terms. That's so cute. I think he got some good response. But to your point, there are people who are super pissed off. And my my impression is that these people are not – they're not thinking about, like, what's happening and what's trying to be said. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that they're probably not attending too many museums in their free time. <laughs> but I think if you take a step back – Are you calling them uncultured? <laughs> I mean, listen, if you don't have any cooth, then, like, that's not my problem. <laughs> but so I think if you get past the images and look for the meaning and the symbolism, besides, like, the historical things that I talked past about – Past the stripper poles and the lap dances? Yeah, if you get past, you know, those few elements um, mm-hmm. and also listen to the lyrics, I think that – it seems obvious to me as somebody who's obvious, not, I mean, not obviously as some people, I'm not a part of the LGBTQ community. So like mm-hmm. I've only got my experience, which is obviously never going to come close to his in that regard. You're but a good ally. Thank you. It seemed to me to be a commentary on how people who are queer and maybe even queer people of color are treated by religion. Um, I mean, I definitely remember like hearing when I was a kid, people say like, oh, you're dancing with the devil. So mm-hmm. like when I saw him dancing with Satan, I was like, oh, you're like literally, like, truly. <laughs> I mean, it's like an illusion. It, it, you know, it's, it's definitely, um, a tie to the things that you're told when you're black and Christian about, you know, kind of flirting with the devil or dancing with the devil and, mm-hmm. um, how, you know, I feel like, you know, sometimes black Christians can be a bit more harsh and saying like, you're going to go to hell for things that you do and talking about sin. And so I think that he, it was more of a commentary on, him being called a deviant all of his life and told that he's going to hell for being just the person that he is and him instead taking that and celebrating it and putting mm-hmm. it out there to say like, you know, I'm a person too mm-hmm. and this is who I am. And so I'm going to make something artistic out of the things that, you know, were so deeply ingrained upon me as a child. I hard agree. I, I think there's a lot of misplaced outrage over this video actually. And Lil Nods himself just as a queer black man embracing his sexuality. Mm-hmm. That's what I think of when I think of him actually and I I get it look when I first watched this I was shocked I was Mm -hmm. like oh my god you know I grew up Catholic so you know interpreted literally I could see okay sure call him a Satan worshiper if you want because I've seen a couple of those things being thrown around but I really doubt his purpose of this music video was to come out as a Satanist Mm -hmm. call me crazy Mm -hmm. uh and honestly the messaging at least is relatable to me as a queer person of color. Um, you know, our existence, like he said, is is oftentimes labeled as deviant. Mm-hmm. Our very existence. Yeah. And historically, our society, mainstream society anyway, we have our little pockets, but they refuse to legitimize any queer experience. Mm-hmm. And we're often told we are going to hell for being sinners. I, I heard that growing up in church at times, too. It's traumatizing. And for me, I'm like, but aren't we all sinners? I don't know anybody who has not sinned and who will not like continue to sin. Yeah. Otherwise, we what we would be gods, Jesus. I don't know what that would look like. So I think oftentimes as queer people, we get singled out and persecuted because it's easy to just say, "Hey, you're you're gay, you're a sinner, you're going to hell." And I think this music video to me is him saying, "The devil has no power. There is no devil, or if there is, we're all devils because we're all sinners." And my I'm like on my soapbox here, but my last thing, I just think it's funny that people, especially the conservatives and the Christians and everybody who's getting all up in arms about this music video, they're like demanding he respect their religion because they're calling it sacrilege and blasphemous. You guys are not respecting him though, his very existence. Right. So why does he owe you that in turn? And it's just this general need to control people to fit into their morality. Yeah. When I feel like people need to take a step back and realize 
not everybody has the same morals mm -hmm. or values. And yet we judge people based on our own morals, expecting them to have those same morals and adhere to them. And it's just not right. I mean, what I do love about this, I mean, we obviously just had like a little bit of a moment where, you know, we got probably more serious than we typically do, but I love the, the, it's sparking conversations like this. I think your right. average music video is just fucking bullshit on its face. And it's like, yeah, I'm not going to call it any names, but people like dancing on a stage or like gonna, yeah. in a fucking drop top riding down like Beverly Hills Boulevard. Like that's not cool. We've seen that 20 million times. Mm -hmm. What I think that nobody can take away from this is that he's created these conversations. He's opened mm -hmm. up the door for people to feel how they, however they feel about the content and like whether it was artistically, you know, visually pleasing or like what the message is. And so it's really opened up the ability for people to have conversations about some really like deep things, but also like really artistic things. And I mm -hmm. think that's an amazing thing to be able to do. And no matter what side of the fence you stand on, I think, you know, we don't have enough of these artistic moments that allow us to even, you know, really have an opinion because it's just so like dumb basically for right. better terms. Right. But so, I mean, I think, okay, so yes, obviously there are people who didn't, agree with the video for a number of reasons, including him, you know, dancing on Satan and riding the Sherpa pole. I mean, I have to say that I love the moment where he was in like the all blue jean outfit with the blue yeah. wig and the acrylics. I, I feel like, like that's going to be your Halloween look. We're going to get that outfit. Um, <laughs> so whatever. But so people were obviously all over the spectrum in terms of how they feel about this, but you know, because he's troll God, his responses are fantastic. Mm -hmm. Um, at one point, the governor of South Dakota, random, I, don't, I wonder where this is going. Couldn't put that on a map. Um, criticizes him and says, and basically said, like, we're in a fight for the soul of our nation. And so he accurately so is like, aren't you a governor? Why don't you go fucking right. do your job? Why are you worried about my music video right, right. now? And we're about sneakers on top of it, which we'll get back to. But and so he I mean, some people are also like blaming him for kind of negatively impacting their children. And so he says that people need to blame themselves for what their kids have seen. And that it's not it's not his job to raise them ultimately, which I think is a really interesting question, which we, we cannot get into today because I think there's so much behind it. But yeah, we'll be here forever. Truly, like, I don't... There's a real fine line between what your job is as a, as a celebrity and an artist and, like, like how much of a role model are you supposed to be versus just being who you are and putting out the art that you want to put out. Yeah, and people are allowed to evolve. Well, you, you, I get it. He came up on TikTok and younger people, but he's getting older himself. He's coming into his sexuality. He came out mm -hmm. not that long ago, right. 2019. Right, right. He's only 21 years old. So he's entitled to express himself however he wants. And mm -hmm. I think that's what people need to take a step back. And I, I'm going to, I'll wrap it up and we'll get, get on with it. But I think people need to remember that. Like, just because you are not okay with this or you wouldn't express yourself this way, look, I'm queer. Would I ever show... I'm not going to ever pole dance. First of all, no one should ever have to see that. And I'm certainly not going to give Satan a lap dance to depict my own experience with my sexuality and my religion. But if he wants to do that, so be it. Yeah. We shouldn't control him. Yeah. So days after he says, I spent my entire teenage years hating myself because of the shit y'all preached would happen to me because I was gay. So I hope you are mad. Stay mad. Feel the same anger you teach us to have toward ourselves. And he wanted to open doors for many other queer people to just simply exist and normalize queerness. Like I said, actually, more than the, the devil part, it's just so queer. I mean, he's really feeling himself. He's getting sexual. And especially, I mean, I'm not black or, or man, but black queer men have very little room to express their, their sexuality in an acceptable way, I say in quotation marks, right? I, even as a lesbian, think I have more room to play with my gender than queer men do yeah so let him live his freaking life well he is living his life uh, yeah. he is living his life and basically the same time as the video he drops or at least promotes the drop of um sneakers called the satan shoes with mischief and so they only so they make 666 pairs of this modified sneaker 666 for really embracing this devil slash satan if you don't know um, but so they dropped the 666 pairs and all of them sell out in only a minute. And so I was kind little... of bummed it wasn't 666 seconds. Can I just say that? <laughs> I mean, I don't think anybody timed it, but it could have been. Well, could have been 66 close. seconds? I okay. don't know. All right, go on. Well, so just for a little context. So basically it is a black Nike Air Max 97, which oddly enough drops basically right after Air Max day, which I was super fan of, um, and Nike. wore my Air Maxes that day. But so anyways, so this one has a cut, just a few modifications, yeah, just a couple small ones, <laughs> just a couple of changes to Nike's original design. And so basically they've got a bronze pentagram on the top of the laces, um, and stitched a pentagram into the sole, which is 
affiliated with Satanism. The, the devil himself. Yep, 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 yep. And then there's an upside down cross. Um, also satanic. Yep. There is Luke 10, 18, which is a Bible verse stitched in red on the side. Um, it, well, it's not the whole verse. It just says Luke 10, 18. <laughs> That'd be long. Yeah. But the verse is basically about Satan falling from heaven. Um, and then on the back of the left shoe, it says mischief, I think. I, mm-hmm. On the back of the right, it says Nas X. Um, and so then on, on top of it all, mm-hmm. there is some red ink inserted into the sole of the shoe and a drop of human blood in each in each one, in each soul. <laughs> and apparently six of the mischief employees from, you know, the, the ones that were putting this together, they drew their blood mm-hmm. without doctors. They were like, no, we're not doctors. We just mm-hmm. did it. So, uh, and then they put that in the sneaker. So I feel like we're going more for that little bit of shock value here, you know? Like, it just crosses the line. It's like, a lot. I get shock value. We've obviously seen shock value clothes and sneakers and all of that, but I mean, to put blood in sneakers, it just feels like, why couldn't you just stop at the red ink? Why did you need blood? <laughs> just call it blood in quotation marks. I don't, it just, it's just extra. Like, this for is what purpose? dedicate art, I guess. They're going with art, so dedication it seems dumb to me um and i want to note that nike's white swoosh is still prominently seen on the side and on the top yep it's important to note right because yep. it's a black shoe with their red modifications but in the original shoe which they kept is that white swoosh mm-hmm. pretty obvious they, they look like nikes mm-hmm. they are nikes <laughs> because they are so these glorious shoes were sold for 1018 dollars a pair which is another nod to luke 1018 um and again sold out in apparently around a minute which is mm-hmm. you know only 666 pairs so that's quite fast mm-hmm. um and as a note i guess miss just previously sold um some shoes called the jesus shoes mm-hmm. which were 1425 a pair. <laughs> yeah. they'll do jesus and spanning the whole spectrum and so that one had holy water from the river Jordan in the soles. Um, and it had like Vatican red insoles that were scented with frankincense and it had a crucifix and a Bible verse stitched in the side. And so we're really just all over the place here. Nike didn't sue them though. I want to note that. Um, yeah, we'll get, but we'll get back to that. Yeah. We'll get back to that because I think it, it comes back in. And so, okay. So basically in, in connection with the sneaker drop, mischief says, um, at some point that Nike was not involved in the process, but you know, whatever they said was not loud and prominent enough because the next day social media or the same day, I sorry, social media users like flood Nike's page and mm-hmm. threaten to boycott Nike over the shoes. They're, They're not happy. No, I mean, Listen, I get it. I would have some questions. I love Nike, but like I'm not going to be over here supporting the devil and Satanism. <laughs> and so people are, you know, saying basically that Nike has stepped across the line. Endorsing And they're Satanism. now endorsing Satanism. So if we're not like boycott Nike, we're not buying these shoes anymore. It's, right. it's like a fucking blasphemy. And Nike's quick to say they don't have a relationship with Lil Nas or Mischief, right? They, they go immediately trying to distance themselves from both. Um, I, more so they're focusing on mischief. They also didn't design or endorse the shoes, which is what you're saying. Like they sold the shoes, the original shoes, mischief bought them and redesigned them mm-hmm. allegedly in collaboration. No, not allegedly in collaboration with Lil Nas. Yeah. Um, I have to note, this is one of my favorite parts. The church of Satan even distanced themselves from these shoes. They tweeted out from their official church of Satan t- Twitter. <laughs> Glad they had the Twitter handle. <laughs> if anyone's looking, uh, that the shoes have nothing to do with them or Satanism. So it's not even just the Christians. Church of Satan is like, these these have nothing to do with us. Which I thought was hilarious because I was like, isn't this like your moment to shine? Like, yeah. who? I bear, I don't know anybody who's in the Church of Satanism, thank God. But like... I'm scratching my head like, how this bad like is this? This feels like your moment to be like, hey, y'all, we exist. Come join. <laughs> like, we're taking new you know, new members. Welcome. No, this, <laughs> that's how bad this, the Church of Satan is. They're like, we don't even fucking put blood in our shoes. This is, <laughs> right. this, is this bitch is crazy. Right. <laughs> Well, so now, after all of this, Nike is suing Mischief, which is really like an art collective. And so, you know, they made the Satan shoes and the Jesus shoes and some other shoes, but they're suing them specifically for the Satan shoes right now. And so Nike files the lawsuit last week on Monday, um, accusing Mischief of trademark infringement over the Satan shoes. And so they're basically worried about confusion um, and dilution between the shoes that Mischief made and like Nike's normal sanctioned shoes. And it's worth noting, which I think is super, super interesting, that Little Nas X was not named in the lawsuit mm-hmm. or in the claim. Um, my thought is that it might be because they want to work with him in the future. I think however you feel about the fucking Montero video, Little Nas X is 
he's creating waves. He's a conversation starter. He's really big in younger generations. And obviously, you know, Nike is they're a global conglomerate who wants consumers. So I think that by not naming him, they're probably leaving the path open for like some collaborations right. and sponsorships down the I line. I think so too, honestly. Um, so Nike ends up asking the court to make mischief permanently stop fulfilling orders and to seize the shoes themselves, take them away so they can't sell them anymore. Um, but mischief says they're actually sold out and can't, can't stop from, they can't stop them from any unfulfilled orders, which apparently they have shipped all but one. Which I don't know how, how do you get 666 shoes out in like two days? Yeah, well, 665. Apparently oh, they're right. going to, they're going to donate that Sorry. 666. I don't know who, to, to who, but that's what they say. Um, and so Nike's saying that the shoes are unauthorized and causing significant harm to their goodwill. Yep. Ready for these legal, I'm legal ready. claims? We're going to break ready. it down. I'm we ready. got Nike's trademark claims. Let's start there. Okay. So basically there's two claims. There's trademark infringement and trademark dilution. And so trademarks generally are words and phrases and logos and symbols, et cetera, that are kind of used by producers to, you know, distinguish their product from somebody else's product. And so then trademark infringement is when somebody, a, like somebody's use of a product creates kind of um, a likelihood of confusion or association or the expectation that their use is authorized by the original trademark owner. And so generally, it's worth noting that the, the more famous the mark, the more protection that you'll get. So something like a Nike or a Google or... Adidas. Yeah, Adidas. Where, they like, like to sue. I mean, people you, people see the, the swoosh. People see the three stripes and they know what it is. So the more famous your mark is, the more protection you're going to get. And so Nike's basically saying that consumers could believe that the Satan shoes were authorized by Nike since the swoosh is there. Mm-hmm. And so they're arguing, arguing that um, really only they should have the right to decide what products that the swoosh is on. Right. And then the other part of this is trademark dilution, mm-hmm. um, which is a concept giving the owner of the trademark um, the ability to forbid others from using that mark in a way that would lessen its uniqueness. Um, and this is really comprised of two principal harms called blurring and tarnishing. Bur- uh, blurring weakens the distinctiveness of a mark by asso- associating it with a different source. So these are all a lot of words. I like examples. Um, it's as if someone started, made Google toothpaste. That would be confusing, right? Mm-hmm. We think of Google as this tech search right. engine. So if someone started making Google toothpaste, that would lessen the way that we would think of Google being associated with tech right. or Toyota aspirin. Toyota, we think of as a car company. Mm-hmm. Why would they be making painkiller medication? <laughs> but Never so know. that would be, these are examples <laughs> of blurring. And then tarnishing is harming the mark's reputation by associating it with something untoward. Um, and I think it's pretty clear, but in this case, it would be a brand associated with Satan, for example. Yeah. Uh, mainstream society is not really cool with Satan. Um, nope, nor so, am I. So, the, I mean, neither am I. If we're gonna, we're sorry, gonna go there. sorry. Keep, I didn't mean I, to like throw you under the bus. I am not part of the Church of <laughs> Satan. Um, <laughs> she definitely follows her Twitter. No. <laughs> so what's the harm here? P- people are calling a boycott Nike. People I saw were threatening to throw away their Nikes, never purchase again. Um, and this could really result in a loss of sales for Nike. Mm-hmm. Um, and in Nike's filing, this is my favorite, they included two and a half pages of screenshots of people saying they're never buying Nike again and they're throwing out all of their Nike gear. I really love that, well, in true 2021 fashion, uh, Instagram screenshots are now proof that you would put in your court filings. Don't forget Twitter. Like, I think there's some Reddit forums in there too. A screenshot? Is that what we're now putting in our court filings? <laughs> That's but, where we're at. All right, 21st sure. century. Sure. Okay, so like you said, on the one like hand, we've got Nike basically saying that their trademark was infringed upon. There's trademark dilution because yep. again, the sneakers got the the Nike swoosh, and people obviously people. know what it means. Fine. Mm-hmm. So on the other hand, they're basically preemptively or trying to get ahead of the ball and saying that the first sale doctrine doesn't apply here. What are you talking about? I know. I'm sorry. All these big words. So basically, the first the first sale doctrine allows people or individuals who buy a copyrighted item, whatever mm-hmm. that thing is, or, you know, some product, they've got a right to resell it without the creator's permission. So mm-hmm. the creator here would be Nike. And so the exception is that courts will often say that if you make material differences to that item, um, the first sale doctrine doesn't apply, which Nike is trying to, again, preemptively argue. So they're basically saying that if it's not a genuine original thing and you've already materially altered it, and so you're naturally confusing consumers, which... Right. It's not genuine anymore. Right. You changed it. So they're basically saying that you... Mischief, don't even come over here with your bullshit. Don't mm-hmm. say that first sale doctrine applies. It does not. You materially altered our goods and consumers are confused. And that's the big key, right? 
confusing consumers. Mm -hmm. I cannot stress that enough. Right. Because they want to protect themselves. They want they the whole point of this exception is to prevent sellers from confusing or really deceiving consumers and tarnishing the brand. Yep. Yep. And I think it's worth noting that, you know, obviously, listen, I love sneakers. I am married to a sneakerhead. Mm-hmm. Um, I can we literally have multiple closets full of sneakers, which I, I won't get into today. Shoe game is on point. <laughs> That's great. I've got no closet space, but fine. <laughs> um so resale is obviously super common with sneakers. There's an entire industry built around people who buy sneakers and resell them and also people who buy sneakers and redesign them and do some custom art um, to the shoe and resell like mischief basically mm-hmm. um, who then sells their work online. But that, that doesn't always mean that it's legal. The key here is just because this has been done, like you said, this happens a lot. There are whole companies built on mm-hmm. customizing and reselling sneakers. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really necessarily mean it's legal, which I know is crazy because right. it's so prevalent, but right. that's the key here. So new design, if creative enough, could be protected by copyright. So it's creative, as we've talked about before. Copyright protects original creative expressions, but that's actually limited to the design itself. It's a whole different issue, the stuff we're talking about, trademark, which is what Nike's upset about. Again, coming back to really just thinking about trademark infringement as confusing people. Mm -hmm. And that's that's what's really getting at Nike's lawsuit here. So... The weird thing is, and some critics are pointing this out, Nike really hasn't done much about this in the past. Like you said, this has happened many times. People are altering, and they're Nikes. It's not like they're altering other shoes. Mm -hmm. So why hasn't Nike pursued those actions against them? Why is Nike coming after Mischief? Yeah. And indirectly, Lil Nas. Right. Um, I think that it's a couple things, right? We have... They sold 666 pairs of shoes. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of shoes. Devil number aside, that's a lot of shoes. I think a lot of drops, they're a lot less. And I think because it is so many shoes, it is confusing a lot of people because it's such a massive drop. It's something that would be akin to a Nike drop. The quantity itself speaks to the confusion. Right. I mean, I think it's also worth noting that, listen, uh, Nike is a brand at the end of the day. They are a brand. They've got a personality. They're also, I I think, I think at least quite intentional about the things that they say and the things they put out and the messages that they're kind of relaying to the world. And so I think if you've, if somebody else has put out a message that's confused enough of their customers and their consumers, there's probably a valid reason for them to step in at this point and be like, hey, this is, we did not say okay to this. We are not affiliated with this. And like, we're, they don't really also even take a stand on religion, I feel like. I've never seen Nike publish anything that's like religion tied affiliated. Mm-hmm. And so I think for something to come in that's so really anti-religion because it's, you know, supporting Satan and all that, like it feels fair that this would be the moment when they're like, okay, we can, you know, let the 50 sneaker drops and the, you know, even mm-hmm. some people have done like a thousand sneaker drops, but it hasn't, it hasn't done so much damage to their their brand and their reputation that they felt like they had to step in. So I think like, you, right. you're, you you know, as a brand as big as Nike, you're not going to get involved in everything that happens. Right. But I think when it's something like this, you've got, you know, probably reason to take a different stance. I think you're upsetting a lot of people. Look, for better or for worse, we're in the United States. It's a very Christian nation. And I think you're pissing off a lot of people by having your name associated with the devil. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what really is contributing to the issues here. Right. So what's Nike asking for? I mean, they're asking for quite a bit here. So they're asking for damages. And so, I mean, we've talked about this before, but basically damages are... Compensation. Compensation to like make up for what's happened. And so they're asking for three types of damages, compensatory, statutory, and punitive, plus a disgorgement of profits in an amount in amounts that will like basically be determined at trial. And so to break that down just a little bit, compensatory, again, just means to compensate for injury or loss occurred. Um, statutory is basically, you know, there are damages that are set in set in stone by statutes um, and statutes or laws or, you know, kind of policy within a state. And so that specifically says that it will set forth an amount for a type of damage, basically. And so in this instance, to be very specific, they're saying trademark infringement. And so basically, trademark infringement could set anything bet- could set you back anything between like $1,000 and $200,000 for each infringing item sold. Right. And that's the key here because here, okay, first of all, for people, take a step back. People are going to throw everything they can when trying to get damages, right? You're going to throw all these claims, right? Mm-hmm. Nike's arguing all these different ways because they don't know what's going to win or lose in court. So they're throwing everything at mischief, really. They're saying trademark infringement, trademark dilution, 
for sale doctrine doesn't apply. And now we're just going to throw the whole book at you, all these damages. So you, statutory is important because you don't have to actually show damages. Right. That's the key, right? The statute just says trademark infringement. If you prove trademark infringement, automatic X amount of dollars. Right. And the court will determine that. And the big thing here, I think why Nike's trying to get this one too, if they can prove that, that there's trademark infringement willfully, the court may award up to $2 million each for each infringing item. That's a big amount. A ton of money. And again, you don't have to show actual damages. Right. So really, I think they're sending a message, which bleeds into the next type of damage, punitive. Mm -hmm. These are basically punishment, punitive punishment damages. This is kind of the F you for effing us over. Right. I don't know why I'm saying that. Like, I don't like saying the word, but <laughs> fuck you for fucking us over. And they can award however much money they want and by the day, I mean the court right. for whatever happened. Mm -hmm. It's like an, an egregious kind of mor moral thing. And then the last one, disgorgement of profits. Basically, they want all the profits from mischief from these shoes. That's what they're looking for. Give us all your money, mischief. Everything. Well, so on top of the money portion, they're also asking for, they were asking for a temporary restraining order and a preliminary injunction. And so a temporary restraining order basically is an order by the court stopping a certain action. Um, and so typically they're only given or granted when there's a threat of like an irreparable harm that'll occur if the court doesn't immediately step in to issue this order. So temporary restraining orders also only last until a preliminary injunction hearing, which is usually like a few weeks later where all of the parties have time to like prepare their arguments and you know, at least put forth like their, their initial thoughts or defenses or whatever the case is. So a preliminary injunction is essentially the same thing. What Nicole just broke down for the temporary restraining order, same thing. It's going to stop the person from taking an action and just preserve whatever the status quo is, right? Um, the key difference between these two, really think of it as a timing thing. So a temporary restraining order allows the court to quickly step in and stop something until a hearing has happened. Like Nicole said, the preliminary injunction comes later, which allows that to continue until the end of the trial, until everybody has flushed out all the facts. So really the key, just know that Nike basically just wants the court to step in and prevent mischief from selling any more shoes, from shipping them out. And these are just two very legalese ways of having that happen. Right. And so mischief's response to all of this, all 500 claims from Nike and all the money requests and the temporary restraining order, et cetera, is basically saying that, you know, there's, there's the First Amendment freedom of expression argument, which is basically just saying, you know, we've got a right to express our creative thoughts or to interest via the shoe, et cetera. And so they're asking the court to use this thing called the Rogers test, um, which Fancy. basically is just a test for resolving disputes um, when it comes to First Amendment issues and trademark restrictions. And so obviously courts have an interest in protecting the use of trademarks just generally, but they also have an interest in protecting them if it's used in a creative expression because right. it's seen as free speech. Freedom of speech. Right. And so they're basically saying that you can only sue on a trademark claim if either one, the use of the trademark has no artistic relevance to the underlying work, which would be the sneaker here, or two, if the use of the trademark has some artistic relevance, but it explicitly misleads as to like the source or the content of the work. And so I think number one is tough. I think because the Nike swoosh is, doesn't seem relevant to the Satan shoe, right? Mm -hmm. It could have been an Adidas shoe. It could have been, it could have been Skechers. Right. There was nothing particular about the Nike swoosh that needed to be there to get his Satan shoe across. Mm -hmm. And the second point I think is tough too, given that Nike is so well known. Right. So I think it could mislead. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think Mischief is basically arguing that, like, these are individual works of art that were sold to collectors since each shoe was just one out of 666, and they weren't, like, thousands. Mm -hmm. And they're saying that somehow, just like the Jesus, Jesus shoes, these will be in artistic collections and museums. <laughs> um, I'm not sure how they're just deciding arbitrarily that these shoes will be in museums, and I would be curious as to what fucking museum is trying to house these shoes, but... Okay. Yeah. I don't know. There's other ways to express yourself artistically. You didn't have to use Nike shoes. <laughs> yeah, no, I Nike agree. Symbol. I, I think they're capitalizing on Nike's popularity. Yeah. Um, and they're also saying no dilution. No one's confused. Um, m m they said mischief. We, mischief we, ne we never said we were affiliated with Nike. We, we're mischief. Uh, we're in collaboration with Lil Nas X. That's, where's Nike? Who's Nike? Right. Um, and they're also saying that no one's confused. Their customers aren't because their customers are sophisticated. Because apparently to purchase these shoes, they had to use some proprietary app 
to, to buy them. So they're saying no one would have thought that they were buying Nike from Nike when they had to go in our special app to buy these shoes. I just don't know how this is going to hold given that like the average consumer responded by going to Nike's Instagram and Twitter and being like, <laughs> I'm boycotting Nike. So clearly like i think there's some confusion maybe your buyers were super sophisticated but the average person was right maybe not sophisticated enough to like flesh out that you're not that nike's not involved and it's just mischief and yeah it's not limited the confusion is not limited to whoever bought (laughs) the infringing trademark shoe exactly it's harm to your reputation exactly um and then lastly it's a bit of that copyright i was talking about with the design they're trying to say hey look our our or pentagram all this red blood it's so unique it's actually it's a parody fair use defense Mm -hmm. right fair use defense speaks to copyright so they're saying we intended to criticize the popular collab culture where brands like nike will collaborate with anyone just to make a splash Uh, i don't know again i think that there are other ways to do this um that would that would make them a stronger argument the huge mitigating factor against this argument i think is they sold for a profit which when you sell for a profit and you make money off of it, it it tarnishes the strength of this fair use argument. I mean, on top of the fact that I'm not, it's really not clear to me at all how making a Satan shoe criticizes collab culture. Like you did a collaboration with Little Nas X. So you did a collaboration, but you're criticizing collaborations. Like that feels like the flimsiest argument for this being like a fair use defense. I more think that if you wanted to make fun of collab culture, because I remember reading it was like something to do with like an iced tea company and like a shoe. And they're like, why would an iced tea company sync up with a shoe or something like that? But you're a sneaker company doing a collab for a sneaker. Yes. With somebody who's into sneakers. If anything, you'd have to be like, oh, we collab with the devil himself like that's that's what i would see not with like a rapper or an artist right that that would be the parody right if they were joking that they collabed with the with the devil i don't know makes no sense Um, well i think it's also worth noting that after all of this has unfolded nike explicitly kind of left open the possibility that they would add the jesus shoe into their court filing um i think to be fair i think they're a little pissed off and they're like we're throwing everything in that we can get of you guys like fuck you for doing this i wonder if people would be mad at that I mean, I don't, I don't think maybe consumers wouldn't be as mad. It doesn't seem like that one had nearly as much attention. Like, I never heard about this. Not that I'm yeah. a sneaker person necessarily, but again, I live with a sneaker head. I, there was no conversation in my household about the Jesus shoe, so I wonder <laughs> if that one got as much attention. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also don't know that they collabed with anybody, whereas like they obviously collabed with Lil Nas X, who's massive, and so I think it definitely created more waves for the Satan shoe for five million reasons mm-hmm. than the Jesus shoe did. Which that kind of speaks to the morality of things, right? I think that so many companies do this. Why pick mischief? It's kind of what we talked about. Um, I, I I do agree. I think that the Jesus shoe versus the Satan shoe has a different connotation. I think it's all funny, but I think it mainly comes down to public perception and what people are comfortable with and what people aren't comfortable with. And the one thing I have to say is all these churches and conservatives and all these different people denouncing his music video and, and even the shoes... But they're not fighting against racism, homophobia, sexism. That is the one thing that I'll say is, look, if you're going to get up in arms about this, fine. But also get up in arms about real things that are happening every day to people in the queer culture. Maybe take a step back and go, well, what about my religion is making this guy feel isolated and the rest of the queer community? That's the one thing that I, I would love to say. And the other last thing is that this isn't the only time people have kind of synced up with the devil, I'll say, to get their message across horror movies there's plenty of demonic Mm -hmm. ghost possession movies out there there's even other artists who have done kind of similar sacrilegious imagery madonna dmx marilyn manson Mm -hmm. so but i feel like everyone's really upset by this again i have to say in part i think it's worsen because he's a queer black man yeah i mean listen i think it's an interesting time to kind of take this stance around the sneaker battle when again there was like a million dollar business um especially i think it's particularly sensitive kind of given what's happening societally with lgbtq communities and laws especially with like mississippi and tennessee and all this shit coming out this week and you know the vatican saying that they won't bless same-sex unions and so i i I think that nike has kind of found the balance in saying that well first of all let me just say that i think they're completely justified in bringing this suit like i think it's I, I when I first saw the sneaker drop, I'm not gonna lie, I was like, oh, this is interesting for Nike. Like, wasn't mm. expecting this. Mm-hmm. So I think of myself as fairly sophisticated, at least in some things. And so mm. I was surprised that yeah, they would do that. So maybe I'm the average consumer that they're talking about. But I think, I think they struck a good balance of being like, listen, this is not about what Lil Nas is talking about. This is not about his videos. It's not about who he is. It's just about the fact that like 
so many of our consumers and buyers thought that we were endorsing Satan by making this sneaker. Mm-hmm. So I think they've got a really strong claim. I think they're all, I think they'll probably be pretty successful going forward. Um, mischief. TBD. It has a little bit of, uh, they've TBD. got some things to work through. But I will say that this will be a pretty landmark case. We'll see what happens because this could change the way that customized sneakers are thought about and, I actually don't think it will change that much. You don't think so? No. I think that this is a one-off case, and it's just given how bad the Satan's shoe was. I mean, both visually, I think it was ugly, but also, like, the message (laughs) that it stood for. So I don't really think that Nike's going to keep picking up these battles every time somebody draws a cartoon in their sneaker and resells it. All right. We'll just have to see. So where do things stand now? What's up? Well, so Lil Nas X posted a video on YouTube called Lil Nas X Apologizes for Satan Shoe. That is literally the title. That sounds sweet. Um, Mid-apology, he cuts to a scene from his music video and jokes that he's going to drop a Chick-fil-A version of the shoe with John 316 Did you love those? Because you love Chick-fil-A. I mean, listen, I'll buy you them. I'm growing apart from Chick-fil-A. I've seen the air in my ways, but this is just another troll from him. A little better now. (laughs) Thank you. Um, And he also posts a meme from SpongeBob, basically, of him being Squidward in a box, um, broke and (laughs) begging for change because of the Nike lawsuit. That was funny. And then, okay, Nike. Last week, a federal judge stepped in and stopped the sneakers from being sold. They granted that temporary restraining order that we talked about. So I don't know if that will even do anything since apparently they've shipped most of the sneakers um, and they, they sold out in 60 seconds. So we'll see. I think that was more probably just a message they wanted to get across. Um, and I think like we talked about, Nike will probably win on some of these claims at least. Yeah. Um, in other news, Miley Cyrus took a picture wearing the shoes. So there's that. Super fun. So it sounds like he still has the, the, the <laughs> Billy Ray Cyrus. Billy Ray Cyrus? Yeah. And the Miley Cyrus. Cyrus. Yeah, the Cyrus family. Cyrus family I was like, him. Ray Cyrus? What's her last name? <laughs> Hannah Montana? So watching that strand <laughs> yeah, unfold thanks. in your mind. Um, and then, like, a just quick note. Apparently, the inspiration for his video kind of came from an FK Twigs video. Um, and there was a little drama around that because I guess he didn't originally know. And so people pointed it out. But I guess they talked it out and didn't seem to cause any drama. And they both kind of thanked each other for... Mm-hmm the messages that they were trying to convey in their video. So I think, listen, I, uh, again, just to make it brief, I think there was some artistic value and some conversations to be had around the video, but I think the sneaker portion of things was maybe a bit much and mm-hmm. mischief, um, good turn. mischief like is going to be in some hot water for a little bit. All right. So what's our moral of the story? What do you mm-hmm. got for people? Mine would be don't fuck with little Nas X on Twitter okay. and don't Fair. fuck with Nike in real life. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. I'm going to say that if you want to customize sneakers and mass sell them, let's just let's dissociate ourselves from Satan a little bit. <laughs> maybe dad. we'll go with like a, a pagan god or somebody who's like <laughs> more comfortable. Like maybe go Egyptian. Hercules. We could do, yeah, maybe uh, who's the Greek? Was it Hades? I don't know. Is that different? Would people feel differently? Like Zeus? Maybe we did like a Hercules. Yeah. We could do that. That's options. Maybe, maybe people would care less. That's all I'm saying. I don't know. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in to today's episode of Legally Judgy. We hope you enjoyed listening to us talk as much as we love the sound of our own voices. If you did, please subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. Also, feel free to connect with us on our socials at Legally Judgy. Until next time. Bye.